Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, busy weekend in sports. We'll get to that. But we're joined uh, by my producer for the next couple of weeks. Steve Bursnick is on vacation. Say hello to a guy who I used to say hello to every morning on DAE years ago. Derek Sharp joins us this week. What exactly was that year? Because when you did the intro there, I always get a flashback to that very first show, but it's been a while. We should hear like start me up by the Rolling Stones or something. That's what I that's what I think of. But yeah. Well, you joined us. You joined us uh, when Steve went on vacation before. And uh, those were those were memorable, memorable shows. We have a lot of fun on Misery Lane. We spend some time down there, um, but not too much time. And of course, um, if people don't know, of course, you're now doing great work at USF and they can find you everywhere doing calling all kinds of sports over there. Yes. I think since the last time we talked, I've added uh, about 12 more sports actually in all seriousness. <laughs> they, you know, the next one that is coming up in a couple years is women's lacrosse. So they've, oh, wow. they've decided to add sports that I really don't know much about and we'll have to, to bone up on, but we're into starting up, I guess this would be year six Wow. Uh, we, we went on the air in 17 and yeah. it was just about getting the iHeart channel, you know, on the air, keeping it on the air. Uh, it's USF Bulls Unlimited on your iHeart app. Just type USF and you'll find it. But uh, that first that first year I called bare minimum women's basketball and baseball again, because we were, we were just trying to stay airborne. And then once I realized that I could branch out and how much I love doing play by play, we kind of sprinkled in. Uh, some soccer. And then uh, two years ago, I gave a crack at volleyball and I guess I'm not terrible at it. And then a lot of softball. So yeah, that, that pretty much covers every sport that USF at least, you know, is play by play a bowl to put on the radio. We do it. So we really love doing it. Then of yeah, course I keep an eye on what you guys have going on here and I always read your stuff and uh, it's always good to, to, to reconnect as it were. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, uh, the sports over there at USF is, is growing exponentially and in the whole athletic program. We'll get into the football, um, all they're doing, you know, in terms of just the physical appearance of, of, of their of their facilities. And then, of course, Coach Jeff Scott has some uh, an addition, a big addition to his coaching staff. So we'll talk about all of that in just a minute. I want to start with um, the Bucks. The rookies have reported we have NFL football going on around the nation. Um, there are a bunch of teams, I think up to a dozen or so by now, um, that have actually begun camp. Uh, the Bucks, of course, their rookies came in on Saturday. The uh, full squad reports on Tuesday. First workout, I think, Derek, is like 8 a.m. on Wednesday morning. I'm going to have to set the alarm for that one because I uh, <laughs> haven't had to get up in the summertime with the kids yet. But uh, that's, that's going to be awfully early, and I'm glad because it's about a 1,000 degrees. It's like walking on the sun out there even at that hour. So oh, we're man. grateful. Yeah. The weather is, just, and everyone's going through it, obviously. But oh yeah, you know we there was an event on Sunday uh, that was out at the Carrollwood Dog Park, uh, the nice park there, and and it was ten o'clock, which seems like a reasonable time to be outside, but it's mm-hmm. not. And, and on Saturday we had a friend's fiftieth birthday party, 
at the nice, whatever it's called, W Bird place at the Armature Works at two o'clock in the afternoon. There is no need to be doing anything outdoors. Uh, happy birthday, Jeff, and all that. But God, yeah. I mean, 8 a.m., please sign me up. That, that if, if I know, not for your purposes, but in general, if they, if they decided to go earlier, not many people would complain. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, not at all. And I missed that. That was Jeff Camus, of course. Uh, we know Jeff from the box from PDQ and all of that. Well, I did want to say that because I wasn't sure. You know, I saw a lot of, you know, I saw Chris Harry there. I saw Joey Johnston there. I'm like, did he hate Stroud? I didn't I think, think that my was invite case. got lost in the mail. I'm sure it got <laughs> lost in the mail. Um, I, I imagine he probably sent it to me or my wife. Um, both of us were unavailable at the time. We've been seeing a lot of Jeff uh, nice. at, at various things. Some some not so, uh, not so uh, happy, but... Um, nonetheless, uh, uh, he's one of our favorite people. We, we talk to him all the time. He's on the board of directors with my wife at Brooks to Bartolo high school. So they, Great. they probably see each other more than I see Jeff and I see Jeff quite a bit, but yeah, now I, 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 you know, Chris, <laughs> Chris actually sent me a picture of Monty Kiffin. Monty Kiffin was there. So he got what? the invite. Yeah. Hey, I just, uh, I must've missed Monty. You must've missed them. Yeah. Cause he mentioned <laughs> you were there and then you must've left. And then Monty Kiffin and, you know, the, the quintessential dis- disheveled, you know, professor of defense. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I could just, I could just imagine, Hey, how, how you guys doing? Uh, but you know, it was, uh, it looked like, it looked like a nice event, but yes, warm, warm would be, would be the part that, uh, might have bothered me at two o'clock in the afternoon. And for the people works. that don't know, uh, Jeff was a long time public's public uh, director of public relations basically for the bucks and just you know some of those guys there's always a chance you could have adversarial behind the scenes relationships Uh, obviously not because all of these former media people were there and everyone loves jess but the point being the point being way too hot to be outside in the afternoon but you're going to be there bright and early on wednesday now as as far as the as far as the rookies go i know it's it's almost like a, a preschool this, this weekend, and, and yeah. it's, even, it's even more than just the rookies. What's kind of like the, the situation? Yeah, no, it's, it's predominantly – I think the quarterbacks are allowed to come in if they, if they want to or can. I think they, they might have a couple classes involved there, um, but it's, it's, it's really not for the veterans. It's sort of a, an or, a reorientation. You know, they throw a lot of these guys in OTAs, and then they have the rookie minicamp, and then – um, you know, then the veterans and all of them convene at the end of, of the off season in the mandatory mini camp. And then after that, they scatter. And so, you know, for these players, it's a lot of install and, um, you know, they're coming off their college seasons. They've been training for the combine. They get drafted. They, they, they get the crash course and they throw a lot at them. And so before, you know, training camp begins on, on Wednesday with Wednesday morning's practice, they just want to, you know, kind of go over some of the things that these kids might have questions about because I say kids, they're grown men, but what, what happens is once you blow that whistle uh, on Wednesday, it's no longer uh, really try. I mean, they have a 90 man roster. They got to cut to 53. So I can't say tryouts are over, um, but they're not there to teach as much as they are to prepare. And it's a, it's a different mindset because now it's regular season, you know, for, for all that you can say, well, it's preseason, it's training it. No, now you're preparing now for one opponent on September 11th, and that's the Dallas Cowboys. And so, the, you know, they're leaving you behind. If you if you're not in your playbook by the time you get to one buck on Saturday, and certainly by the time everybody is there on the practice field on Wednesday, it's too bad for you. 
it's going to cost you reps. It's going to maybe cost you your job unless you're a high drafted player or they got a lot of money in you. Um, because every, you know, there's 53 spots and there's 90 guys that want them. So this is a chance over the weekend for, for them just to sort of catch up on things. And there were a couple, look, there were a couple players, um, when they started on, on Saturday, uh, or at least Friday night, um, that were still unsigned. And that really shouldn't happen because there's a rookie salary pool. There's only so much money allotted per player. They got it done with Logan Hall, who was their first pick. He was the first pick of the second round, but he was the Bucks' first pick. Um, their defensive tackle from Houston, who you have probably seen quite a bit play. Uh, oh, yeah. and, then, and then Kate Otten, who is their tight end. He was the final guy to sign, and he did that on Sunday. Uh, he's the tight end from the University of Washington. Now, he had missed all of the offseason because in November – he had ankle surgery, so that knocked him out. It probably actually was a, a plus for the Bucks because I think had Otten not, not gotten hurt, he probably would have been able to do some stuff at the Combine, would have been drafted much higher than the fourth round. They get him in the fourth round, kind of a steal. Now he is healthy. Um, he has been cleared to play and practice in, in training camp, which he didn't get to do in the offseason. So he comes in, you know, in a tight end position where, I mean, they lost a guy named Rob Gronkowski, we think. Um, for the time being, and, and O.J. Howard. And so between those two guys, that's over a 1,000 snaps now that somebody or some, a bunch of other players have to make up. And they've, they've re-signed or signed a free agent in Kyle Rudolph, um, the Giants and former Minnesota Vikings tight end, who's a veteran. He's you know 32 years old. Uh, Gronk was 33. They still got Cam Brate, who's 31. But really, these, these two young guys, um, in Kate Otten and Co. Keeft, who played at the University of Minnesota for about seven or eight years, it seems like. Um, <laughs> he's like a, a blocking tight end. And then Cody McElroy, who's got all of one game, I think, in the NFL. So it's a really young group. And, um, you know, it's funny when I go on these, these shows occasionally, you know, this is the preseason. So, you know, you got all the NFL uh, radio and different people calling, wanting to do previews. And uh, they all get to the tight end position or they ask, you know, where are some of the, the question marks about the Bucks? Because they've got a lot of guys back, a lot of returning players. And really tight end is one of those question marks because they think Rudolph will be a, a you know, he's a smart guy. He's a big guy, but he's not as uh, fast as he once was. And, and his production has definitely started to slide. Um, but that's that's one where you could say. Man, that's a step back. You go from the greatest tight end of all time who has caught more touchdown passes from Tom Brady than almost any two players in football history to, you know, was a bunch of two really young guys and then Kyle Rudolph and Cam Brate. So it's it's a it's going to be a position to watch. And you look at the guys that they drafted and and the good thing about what the Bucks have done over the last few years is they built depth and they've built mm-hmm. quality at so many positions. I don't think there are too many where they're going to have to have a one of the new guys, one of the rookies, you know, perform right away. I guess offensive line they could use the the other second rounders help uh, quicker sooner than later. But yeah, yeah. You, you bring up a good point with tight end because last year, and listen, <laughs> he's got other um, uh, high leverage options to throw the ball to. But it always seemed to me uh, oh, yeah. on, on a third down, third and five, mm-hmm. third and six, that mm-hmm. it's like security blanket. That's your guy, Gronk. Yep. And now, uh, can any of these guys can, well, Kate Otten, I guess would be the one, uh, even come close to that. And I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm leaning towards Cam Brate, but, uh, I guess they, they, they thought highly enough of Kate to take him in the fourth round. So that, no. I don't know if you're looking at any of those rookies per se and, uh, put a lot of pressure on them outside of maybe spending a fourth rounder on a punter. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you want that to pay off, but I guess he'd be a guy to, to keep an eye on in that regard. 
Yeah, I think he's someone to watch. I, I, I think, um, you know, you make a good point. I mean, the thing about, you know, you, you cannot replicate what Brady and Gronk have, and no one in NFL history can really do that. And, and so those are such enormous shoes to fill. You wonder how quickly, you know, Brady can develop some kind of rapport with, with Rudolph. He's got it with Brate, um, but Brate's not getting any faster. Uh, he's a red zone target. I mean, I think he has, I think I saw the other day, which was amazing to me, but it shows about his longevity, I guess, and playing with Tom Brady. I think Brate, it has the third most touchdowns, maybe touchdown receptions in Bucks history, uh, if you can believe that. But he's been here, you know, some nine or 10 years. Um, but yeah, after that, you know, that he just, there's not anyone at that position that, that Brady is used to, uh, used to playing with. Um, I mentioned Hall and I, and I said it kind of quickly, but you, you saw him play, I'm sure against USF. This guy's an enormous football. He's very young, by the way. I think he's only like 21, 22 years old. Um, but I think he's somebody that as time goes on, they have Akeem Hicks to start the season, uh, at defensive tackle, but Logan Hall to me has an enormous upside. I think they give, they're really happy with him. Yeah, Houston is a team that has given the Bulls fits the year that was the fateful 6-0 and start, and then they go up against Houston, and yeah. they have them basically defeated, and it's 4th and 24. That's and right. And now Miami Hurricane, or Derek King, um, decides to complete a 4th and 24 pass, and it went on from there. But the last two years uh, haven't been – as close of an affair and, and they had Ed, Ed Oliver, of course, high draft pick a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Hall is one of those guys that they, they were just so strong up front. The Bulls really, really struggled against them, particularly two years ago when he started to come into his own. So, um, you know, I don't think, again, they're going to need him to be great, but a guy that can pressure the quarterback, no doubt about that. And, you know, I don't, again, I don't see him doing a whole ton or needing to the first year, but certainly a guy that you can rely upon in, you know, years down the road. Uh, but yeah, I, the, the Bulls saw enough of him. Trust me. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a talent and he's a young guy and, and uh, they like what I've seen him. Of course you can't really judge those guys till the pad come on, but I think uh, he's going to be in the rotation for sure. Uh, we'll get to uh, more, more football, more talk about college football and USF in particular, but first, um, you, you know, you mentioned it was hot out there. That means my AC is running all the time and, and my electric bill each month is going up. We got a way to help you save that and call our folks at uh, May Electric Solar. Look, it's a family owned and operated business. They've been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. It's a field where there's many of these fly by night companies. You get solicited all the time, but May Electric Solar, it's committed to you for the long term. Now they guarantee their workmanship with a 30 year labor and services warranty plus Every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. If you visit their Hudson showroom, May Electric uh, displays all of its products and it conducts uh, on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. To schedule a free estimate, you can lower your electric bill all year long, preserve your quality of life, and preserve your appliances as well. That's 727-819-2862. All right, since, uh, and this is this has only been a couple weeks now, uh, Derek, and this was big news, um, is, is the addition of Chad Morris to the USF coaching staff under uh, Jeff Scott. And uh, forget about whatever title they gave him. I don't know if it's like, uh, what is director of the op? I don't know exactly what they... 
It is. Called him. It is. He can't be an offensive coordinator, though he's an offensive coordinator sort, but they've got yeah. their staff filled up, and yeah. he can't be on the field during the game. He's an and, analyst or something yeah, like that. Or, yeah, yeah, I want to make sure I get the exact. It's senior offensive analyst is what there I'm pretty sure it is That in that regard. But, yeah, on the staff yeah. is the important thing. Right, right. I mean, and this guy, I mean, head coach at SMU, where I remember him of late, he was at Arkansas, obviously. Um, and, and more importantly, uh, he worked with Scott at Clemson. Um, both of those guys have called plays, have worked together. This, this, this kind of was a, I mean, kind of a late addition to say the least, but what an addition, um, to somebody who could, could immediately be a big help, uh, for the head coach. I mean, he has, he has been exactly where, um, sort of where Jeff Scott is, right. Trying to, trying to turn a program around, um, you know, he did that. He improved the win total each year at SMU with the Mustangs. Um, that led to his job at Arkansas, uh, where he didn't have as much success. Uh, in 2020, he was uh, an offensive coordinator, I guess, for Malzahn at Auburn. And, right. and uh, they had that, you know, that shortened season. They were 6-4 and four that year. So a ton of experience. And, and I would think this was a really uh, well-regarded hire by, by Jeff, especially going into this season. Well, I certainly remember him, you know, not coming onto my radar as the coach at SMU, and they were just phenomenal offensively. And he was always a great guy to, to talk to, and you could just tell, just personally, uh, a great guy. But the whole Clemson program, you know, when it uh, mm-hmm. wasn't much, uh, it was a 2010 season where they went six and seven, and that seventh defeat was actually to the USF Bulls in a bowl game. And yep. they brought in this cat by the name of Morris to be their offensive coordinator. The next wow. year, wow. the next year, they went from below 500 to a 10 win team. Mm. And the offense that was the offense at Clemson became that uh, starting then. It was Debo Swinney's third year, and Morris was the offensive coordinator for those four years and the quarterback's coach. It, it, so yeah, he worked with Jeff Scott. He was the guy leading that offense. So mm-hmm. uh, Scott has been <laughs> trying to get him on the staff basically ever since he, you know, got to be the head coach here at USF. And so yeah. whatever title they give him uh, sure. is fantastic. And again, senior offensive analyst, you really can't, you know, coach during the game, but you can run a lot of stuff by the guys during the week. Sure. And 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 pass notes and that kind of thing and just an incredible addition to the staff an incredible addition to the staff yeah particularly the quarterback position and 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 we'll kind of start there um, I believe it was Joey Knight wrote a couple of days ago and others um, that Coach Scott said look that that this time around um, he would hope and you know hope is a is is a plan I suppose but he would hope that he would have a decision on who their starting quarterback will be heading into the season opener sooner rather than later this time around. I mean, last year it, it you know, even was in flux after the opener. Um, this go around, you've got uh, obviously uh, Timmy McLean, who did a lot of nice things, started nine games last year. Uh, he threw for what uh, I think it was 2,100 yards himself, um, seven rushing touchdowns, uh, obviously a, um, you know, a, a, a dual threat, quarterback to say the very least but then they have the Baylor transfer uh you know in in Jerry Bohannon who uh made 12 starts uh, last year you know for for the Bears and and 
threw for 22 hard 2200 yards himself and uh they won the big 12 championship uh in 2021 um i guess there's there's some others right the sophomore what is it could... i like trey marsh i mean he's yeah. he's a guy that and this is the whole point i mean he and timmy i mean timmy as a true freshman doing what he did last year yeah. uh was outstanding and marsh he's got probably not probably he's got the best arm of any of them mm. but and i'm I'm not getting on you here because believe me i've had to double check and make sure i'm right uh i'm actually going to talk to it's g-e-r-r-y but it's gary tomorrow and the time the timing of me being on the podcast here is pretty good because it just so happens that tomorrow uh, is the offense photo shoot day at the school and this is something that starting i guess it would have been 2020 actually 2019 uh essentially they they set me up Uh, they have the photo shoot inside the yingling center and they set me up in the hardwood club which is a nice huge room where donors hang out before basketball games but i get to hang out and interview whoever i want and uh wow so so wow he is he has not made any public comments at least that could be heard uh since he transferred to usf mr bohannon so i'm going to talk to him tomorrow i'm going to talk to timmy mcclain i'm going to talk to trey marsh and an assortment of offensive players as well then tuesday uh, the same for defense. So we'll, we'll wow, be able to p- pass along some uh, some sound bites and some comments. But uh, Bohannon definitely had to bite his time there at Baylor. And he's a kid that came in highly regarded and just kind of took over in the mid- midway point of the season. And they got to the point, even though he was injured with a hamstring where he didn't actually play in the Big 12 championship game, but he got them there. He got them there. Mm-hmm. Got them into the top 10. Now with Gary, he is... You know, frankly, you look at his passing numbers, they're not going to blow you away. That's yeah. why the kid Shapin uh, got the Baylor starting job, or at least after their spring game, the youngster mm-hmm. was granted that job. And what was cool is Bohannon, so highly regarded, the head coach there essentially said, listen, let's go ahead and make this decision now. The youngster is going to be our starting quarterback because he's a little bit better of a passer. And he, he gave Bohannon the ability to transfer somewhere. And the fact that the Bulls – we're able to score this guy says a lot about the program. And I think it's very interesting to hear that uh, coach wants to get it you know, squared away pretty quickly because that has not been the case the last few years. I know last year he was a big fan of Cade Fortin. It was his mm-hmm. first big really transfer out of North Carolina and, you know, a big time leader, but just he really struggled under the bright lights in that first game at NC State and McLean became the guy pretty quickly about midway through the second game against the Florida Gators. And I know a lot of fans and I'm a fan of Timmy McClain myself might've reacted similarly when they saw the Ohana news, like, what does this mean for Timmy? Well, it means what it should mean. And that is competition. And when you've got young guys and everybody in that quarterback room pretty much is young. They also like Byron Brown who's going into his first year full uh, and, and, You know, sometimes it happened towards the end of last year. They really had a poor offensive showing at Tulane. The the Warren I-4 was an exciting game, but really the defense kept them in it. And so, yeah, McLean and the staff decided, I'm sure, could use a little uh, competition, and he's getting it with Mr. Bohannon. So that is going to be a fun one to watch. But either way, just the overall level of the competitors is, is so much higher than it was just a couple years ago. And McLean, I mean, there were there were some games I felt like, you know, he put the ball where it needed to go and his receivers might have let, let him down. There were other games where you saw him make plays with his feet, too. 
You know, this is a pretty good oh, sensational, sensational. Yeah. And then the receiving core is amazing. Xavier Weaver actually just got named to the Bolitnikoff watch list. And there's only 43 guys on that Jeez. list. So that's yeah. not bad. Jimmy Horn is the guy that, of course, won a state championship at Seminole High School in Sanford with Timmy McLean. So you got the Timmy to Jimmy. You got the nine, nine to five combination there as well. And they're not alone at receiver. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe, who is a transfer from, go figure, Clemson added to the list so they've got they've got the weapons and so that makes it more important to make sure that the you know the right guy is leading the way as far as throwing the ball so uh it's gonna be yes it always seems like it's the number one topic but i think rightfully so this year quarterback Yeah, it it is for every team and i think competition will make those guys better and and that's that's the whole idea plus you have injuries and you have to have depth at the quarterback position so we'll see um I, i tell you this and you know this since you've been over there, uh, Derek, how that program and how the facilities in that program, where are we at with the, the indoor football facility? They've got, I guess, uh, more than uh, stakes in the ground there. <laughs> There's lots of talk and funding that has begun for a, an on-campus football stadium. These, this, these are exciting times uh, for and, and uncertain times as well in college football all around the landscape, not just USF. But as far as what USF needs, they're starting to get the infrastructure that they need. Oh, for sure. The indoor performance facility is basically complete on the outside. It's just about, oh, well, <laughs> the rather extensive stuff that goes on underneath. And right. we are looking at that probably. Now, if people think it's going to be ready for the start of the football season, it's not. But it's going to be somewhere in the middle of the season is what I would predict. And right. listen, it is going to be phenomenal. It's a, It's going to be an outstanding resource. And even if the everything's not perfectly in place you can you can you can go indoors i'm thinking you know sometimes around the sometime around when the season starts if it's not a full practice field it's going to be close and then it'll be full uh sometime during the season people are going to get a chance a little inside information i don't want to give out too much but people are going to get a chance to check that out down the road uh, for themselves once it's all ready to go it's not there yet as far as the future on campus stadium there's actually going to be i think the date is august the 13th an awarding of the uh, the construction rights, basically. And from then, it'll take off. And I, listen, if you ever drive by campus, people are welcome to do this, by the way, just there on the, what would that be, the east side of the campus, 50th Street. Just slide on in down Sycamore Drive, and you could see the indoor facility and keep on driving north. And there's just a huge expanse of fields with trees and Sort of nothing. So I can see where this, I can see where it's going to go up. I can see where it's going to be a phenomenal thing, but there's going to be a lot of momentum towards that uh, over the next few weeks when more of the details come out. It's really cool. And and it's hard to believe that here we are in 2022. It hasn't been that many seasons and don't pin me to it because I don't know. It doesn't seem like more than half a dozen if it's been that long. Even the Buccaneers did not have an inboard practice facility. Hmm. Uh, And in this weather, uh, not just the heat, but but obviously the the unpredictable summers, uh, well, sometimes too predictable thunderstorms that roll in around four o'clock. Um, I can't begin to tell you what a game changer it is. I know it is for us when we're in the media, we're not playing or coaching, but to be able to take those guys and get them out of the heat, get them out of the elements uh, is, is a must. It's an absolute must in football in Florida. Uh, and I also think that you know, the one thing about working in this every day, supposed to, you know, everybody's like, oh, okay, so you have a team in Florida and teams come from down, that's your advantage, right? Like you're, 
you're used to the heat and the humidity and they have to endure it. Yeah, but they only have to endure it for three hours and they're <laughs> hydrated when they arrive. Whereas if you've been working outside for six days leading up to that game on Saturday or Sunday, uh, yeah, you've had some fluids taken out of you. So uh, over the course of a long season, um, that catches up when you get later into the year, the November and December. So I have seen it. Uh, and I think it's, I think it's helped the bucks. I think it's, it's helped. It helps everybody, um, just mentally sometimes to, to have a place to go and, and be indoors and get out of the elements, even if it's just for that purpose, just to, just to cool off and, and have a practice, whether it's a walkthrough or even a full practice, uh, away from those elements. And, um, Man, I, I, it's, it's just hard to believe that here we are in Florida and um, they're having to still endure that. But thank goodness they're going to finally, you know, be on par with so many other programs in this country. Well, um, I, you know, hadn't honestly thought about all that. I was just thinking purely from a media standpoint. <laughs> right. And, uh, oh, I, thank believe me. God. <laughs> We're going to be able to go inside, but all those other points you make are very relevant. Those are nice too, but believe me, uh, it's, it's yeah. Honey, how was work today? Oh, they were inside. Oh, thank God they were inside. Like it's that little, that little, little flash you get on your phone when they're telling you, Hey, practice has been moved indoors. Yes. Yes. And, and and incidentally, we're getting more hints as to other stuff that's going to get unveiled this week. People have been clamoring for a new uniform reveal and that kind of thing. And they've been, Actually, putting today's date, so maybe by the time people are listening to this, it's already been put out at seven twenty-five is significant in some way. But yeah, a lot of things to get excited about, and pretty cool that uh, the timing of these two weeks that I'm going to be helping you out here is also the you know time that USF training camp will get going as well. That's perfect. We'll have lots to talk about both with USF, the Bucks, of course, college football in general. We'll wrap. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wrapping up with this, uh, not a good weekend, I should say, for the Tampa Bay Rays. They come out of their all-star break. Look great. They win the first game in Kansas City against the Royals team that's not very good. And then all of a sudden they lose two straight. Uh, the one on Sunday was four to two. It was uh, some self-inflicted damage. Again, they haven't really hit the ball all that well in this series. Uh, and again, this is a, a team in Kansas City that had uh, the second fewest victories in the American League. And so the Rays dropped to 52 and 43. Now they're out of the top wild card spot that now belongs to the Toronto Blue Jays. It's weird about this Rays team, Derek. And listen, I, I mean, injuries are the biggest part of sports in any any sport. And the Rays have more, I think, guys on the IL than they ever have in frontline players and, 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 you know, five starters and all of that. Um, but then they, they, they tend to have this thing where they play down to the level of competition. They just got off a stretch there before the All-Star break where they went 6-1 and one against the Red Sox and the Orioles, who have been red hot, the Orioles have been. And then they go to Kansas City and they lose two out of three. So this is sort of the way it's been with them is that, you know, your, your good teams, uh, you know, play well against everybody and, and take take advantage of those lower rung teams, whereas the Rays seem to play down to their level of competition. So it was a it was a tough weekend for them. But I think it's they're going to have some tough weekends until or unless 
they start getting some players back and, and, you know, they, they did, you know, they've gotten Brandon Lau, which has certainly helped. And Josh Lowe is swinging the bat a little bit better. And there's some things, some positive signs, but um, yeah, just kind of a disappointing start uh, following that all-star break first win anyway. Yeah. And it was really disappointing offensively because they, they caught the break on Friday and that the Royal starter started getting a bloody nose and he just could just turn the game around. And then on Saturday you had the new guy, Quinn, you know, break up the no hitter with the bunt and then a two run hit and okay, they're going to pull this game off. They couldn't do that. And then a guy who honestly, I still don't know how to pronounce his name who came in with a one and six record, Chris Bubich, or uh-huh. Bubba. Good enough. Good enough. Uh, he went seven innings for them today, and he's updated stats. I'm looking at my ESPN app. He is now up to tied for 140th in the majors in strikeouts after uh, quelling the the Rays. And yeah, on Sunday, that's the the issue right now offensively. If you look at the lineup they put out there today, you can just really see the pieces that are missing. Oh, and now, now now they're in that second wild card behind toronto got to give the the jays credit they uh they didn't have any issues offensively the old uh 28 spot against the red Sox on saturday so they they kind of earned that uh, wild card you know it's bad when toronto had an inside the park grand slam Mm. when the red Sox center fielder lost the ball and then after that they put up an 11 spot in a different inning so i guess toronto (laughs) rightfully came out of the weekend in the lead but yeah the the rays have got to start uh, turning things back around soon yeah hung 28 it's amazing and they're capable of doing that and uh that center fielder still doesn't know where that grand slam went because <laughs> he's still looking for it never moved even after it hit the wall in the back of center field so i do want to say one thing about the, the sunday it was good and, and listen he he, he he pitched fine but jeffrey springs having the kid mm-hmm. that was uh in, in the hospital for five and a half weeks is their young kid uh stetson yeah. and now he's good he's clean bill of health. So that's really the more important thing. I certainly want to acknowledge uh, the race store Sunday had a lot more things to endure than mind. the 99 yeah. degree heat in Kansas city. So that, that, that's yeah. something that we, you know, some, some things are more important sports and that's certainly been a is. long time since he pitched and he pitched pretty well and probably deserved a little bit better fate, but yeah, um, that absolutely is true. Uh, we forget these guys have lives and children and certainly something like that um, could, could, uh, could affect you but he pitched very well uh they just didn't get enough run support and so they dropped two out of three to kansas city uh finally on this one i didn't know if you caught any of the baseball hall of fame big poppy went into the hall of fame i don't know how you feel about david ortiz on the one hand you know he's beloved obviously by red sox fans for his clutch home runs i think he hit 17 in the playoffs or something like that and very memorable ones at that um and yet uh, you know, there was a time when, um, back in 2003, remember when they did that survey test conducted by MLB and the players, uh, about, um, steroids and, and whatnot. And, uh, the New York times at least said that he had, that Ortiz had tested positive back then. Never was any, any proof of that. And I think he kind of outlived, outplayed it. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, He's one of these ambassadors of baseball, always with a smile. Uh, everybody seems, seems to love him, yes. And in a town like Boston, it's, it's hard to be loved, um, <laughs> believe me, unless you're you're a superstar. And he was that. Of course, remember the um, the Boston Marathon bombing and, and, and what he said uh, in support of that when the Red Sox got back to playing. So, um, But it was a good class. It was, it was uh, uh, some posthumous. Uh, entries as well um but you had uh, guys like jim cott of course pitched forever i think one of the longest 
tenured pitchers in the majors. Tony Oliva, who played for the Twins. Uh, Minnie Minoso, the, uh, the late Minnie Minoso, uh, played for years uh, with the Whites. I think at one point he might have been 50 years old when he played. Um, Gil Hodges, who was a Dodger star, obviously managed the Miracle Mets back in 69. And then he had um, some uh, black pioneers in Buck O'Neill and Bud Fowler. So it was, it was an interesting class, some pretty good speeches. Um, Ortiz was exactly what you would have expected if uh, you scripted it. Uh, very upbeat, very thankful, very humble uh, and, and beloved. The, the crowd was certainly his uh, coming down from Boston. So, Oh, I, I have no problem with him. I always have a soft spot for DH. I think it's a <laughs> underappreciated role, and I'm a guy who wants universal DH. So, big poppy. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, just one more reminder uh, that May Electric Solar is uh, here for your, all your solar energy needs, and this is a good time to do it with your electric bill going up and up. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty, plus you get $750 worth of surge protection. That's the May difference. Give the folks a call now, the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. That's 727-819-2862 to schedule your service and a free estimate. Well, it was great. Our first uh, night with Derek Sharp, like uh, jumping right back in it, like you never left, Derek. Thanks so much for making this easy for me. And no problem. We're going to do we can, it the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and I can uh, hold off on my, uh, uh, not really throwing Steve Ersnick under the bus, but giving people <laughs> a little bit of an insight as to what yes. I was, uh, what I saw with Steve uh, specifically when it comes to uh, the Lightning play-by-play radio booth, which I happen to catch last week uh, and it had not been touched since uh, the game six against the abs we'll just keep it at oh that my. and save that story for for later on all right well we will do that on the top of the show tomorrow <laughs> on the podcast so we don't forget it uh, yeah i, I want to know what the end of the season box looks like after after they get done with it, it to, to, par- <laughs> to paraphrase phil esposito Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I miss the lightning. It's painful. I was uh, having to watch them uh, lose. I happened to be in Denver of all. No, I was in. No, where was I? I? I've been too many places. Oh, yes. I was in Denver when they had the parade. I didn't go to it. <laughs> but lucky me, I got caught in its traffic. And uh, you land at the Denver airport and they go. Welcome to Denver, home of yours, Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. And then my, my, I've told this story before with my two girls. They looked at each other and we started going, let's go, Lord. <laughs> so these people were looking at us like, what's wrong with you people? But it was fun. So anyway, thanks for joining us. Uh, for Derek Sharp, I'm Rick Strata of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 